Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello, Achievers, and welcome to episode number 76 of the Next Level Authors Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name is Daniel Wilcox, and here with me every week is... A very grumpy Sasha Black. A very grumpy Sasha Black. I still can't believe I've not learned that intro off by heart. I still have to look at the notes. Like, I feel like I... Well, I feel like I know it, but I feel like I do it just for convenience. Mm. I was going to say something incredibly inappropriate, and I'm really proud of myself that I held back... (laughs) I, I know it off by heart. Well, go on then. I've just fucking said it. Hello, so you've got an advantage. What do you mean? Okay, fine. You can test me next week. Okay, like... when you forget the episode number. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know what episode this is. And like, it's I've just said I wasn't... it. I know, but I wasn't really listening to you, if I'm honest. No, it sounds about right. It sounds <laughs> yeah. about right. How the hell are you doing, Sasha? Tell us about your grumpy, grumpy week. I am so grumpy, like, I'm putting on a good face, like, because I, I don't like to bring, you know, poopy energy to the podcast, but like... We are poo-poo heads. We are poo-poo heads. Thank <laughs> you, Scott's kids. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, like, okay, so let me try and wrangle this into some kind of semblance of sense. So, you know how, like, every creative and every... Every creative, let me just finish that sentence there, goes through these cycles of like mental euphoria and then mental despair. Mm-hmm. I am in the mental despair week. And like the rational part of my brain knows that <clears throat> this is a temporary feeling and that it's okay and I will be okay and I will <laughs> finish another book and blah, blah, blah. But like I am in the middle of too many projects and I'm like really struggling across the board I am struggling with my sense of like writing worth like my brain is telling me that I can't write that I'm not a very good writer that I should probably just not bother I'm like struggling with I don't know business the business side and like some really good things have happened to me this week and normally my competition and my achiever would be like woohoo but instead what has happened is I've spiraled and uh, like the good things have made my brain has taken the good stuff and managed to make it negative yeah like you know when imposter syndrome sometimes like something good will happen and instead of you being able to accept that and swallow it and like celebrate it your brain's just like well that you know if you're never going to do that again that's never going to happen like blah 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 so yeah that it, I'm in a tough spot mentally this mm-hmm. week I would say yeah it is How really hard you? like when when you have <clears> those <throat> moments that well like you say you know it's temporary you know like because you've been through it before and it comes and it goes can you hear someone trimming a hedge because I can close a window if that's... Are you I, trimming your bushes? I fucking wish. You really need to trim your facial bush, that is for sure. We'll get into that. But like <laughs> that um, that kind of feeling of like your head's telling you one thing, but your body's telling you something else. And it's just such a really jarring yeah. feeling to be in that moment, especially to to know that what you're feeling isn't necessarily 
like correct's the wrong word but you get what I mean like it's not necessarily truth yeah and I think it's it's being augmented by the fact that I am not completing anything so my so achieve people who have achiever as a strength generally speaking spend a lot of their life dissatisfied because it's nothing you do is ever enough like you want to finish the next thing you want to complete another thing and like usually I'm fine with this just sort of underlying bubbling level of discontent um but sometimes that then starts screaming and um I think because I do have too many things open and this is a real lesson for me not to do this again um I am definitely going to keep the amount of things I have open narrower. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it is, it is making everything else worse because I can't even f- finish anything. Like for example, I have a book that I've only got about 75 pages left of. And I just like, normally I would read that easily in an evening, but because I'm doing these early mornings, I'm not getting any reading time in the evening so I'm not I haven't finished the book I've been reading forever I've only got three rebel anthology stories left I haven't finished those like and there's it's like there are lots of little things that I could just push over the line to make my achiever happy and I just I'm not getting through any of them so Mm -hmm. I would love to create a formula that was like because the whole um, big medium Little Rock series, I absolutely love. Like, actually, I learned that through um, like an online webinar that I did with Joanna about five, six years ago. It was awesome. Um, but that, that that whole theory of like, put your big rocks in the jar first, then your medium rocks, then your little rocks, and then it'll fit in as opposed to trying to like just cram everything in. I'd love to work out like a formula for me for like how many big projects I can do at a time and balance with like a medium project and like smaller things. Cause it'd be really cool just to be like, no, now that's too many things that's going to have to go on the later pile and actually have that. That would just be like, for me, something visual would be really, really cool. Um, I think mine is two, two big projects, two to three at the most mm. big projects. I don't think I can do. How many have you got right now? <laughs> even tell you big projects open (laughs) i've got the audiobook the tray edit i'm like almost 25k through scent of death i've got two non-fiction books open with words in them the anthology um i've got i lost count was that six or seven six six and then I've also got um two massive presentation speaking gigs that are like two to three hours each and then I've also got um like business negotiation things going on in the background and then I've oh did we mention the fact that I also have quite a significant freelance role that I do (laughs) (laughs) uh and this is aside from <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. the these these ones. And let's not forget, you know, actual marketing of the stuff you already have. That's a project in itself. So let's let's rewind. How how many big projects do you think you can take on at once? I think we should move swiftly on. <laughs> well, I will say, because this is a repeating pattern for both of us. Like, anytime people ask what I'm up to, I will list all of the things I'm doing, minus my client work. 
like i don't understand like i think we forget it because we know that's not where we're going or where we want to end up so like in yeah in just engulfing yourself in the stuff that you want to do you you do forget the other stuff but but they're just the big projects oh i know medium or the small ones that's a ridiculous mm-hmm. thing like what we'll do is we'll, is we will extract this part of the episode and we'll send it to you in a tiny little thing just to remind <laughs> yourself of what you've got going on <laughs> uh, so in my news just to move on from sasha before she explodes um i say my news my week my week uh i have fucking smashed this week like yeah I, you have i have torn up the road i have left crevices in my wake and a slight smell of burnt rubber um <laughs> I knew that bin men would come today. Can you hear that now? Because I can close the window if it's going to be too noisy. I can't hear anything. I think other people may be able to. I don't know. That's fine. It adds to the authentic experience of the monitor's cupboard of what this episode is. So mm-hmm. I I decided to kind of like, inspired by you and your silent Septembers, I started getting up at the old times I used to get up. So I've been getting up every morning at quarter to six and writing from six till seven. Number one, because I want to fucking beat you. Um, <laughs> it's not. But like... So every morning I've managed to get between 1,500 and 2,000 words before the time that I was waking up previously. And what that's also meant is that I've gotten myself back on a roll of wording so that, because I I mean, number one, I have to do these words right now. I've got like a lot of client work to do right now. Um, And to keep on top of it, I just have to be hitting big word counts. But like, because I'm getting up in the morning, hitting the words, I'm then on the roll with the story because I've thought of nothing else. And I just, but I've been hitting my word count by sort of like half 10, 11 o'clock every morning. And it's been such a freeing feeling because the rest of the day I can work on the other stuff that I've not been able to get to. And so I've, I've done that five days this week, uh, including today. Well, I've not hit my word count yet because obviously we're recording this on a, on Friday morning, but like I've been able to get ahead on sort of like my bootcamp stuff that I'm working on, like other things I've got in the works and then I've had like time left at the end of the day spare to sit and actually like watch TV shows and like game and stuff and not feel guilty because I feel like the last few months I've been in a real rut of, and I think part of it's because of a six weeks holiday. I think part of it's just falling out of Mm -hmm. like a good habit that worked for me. Um, But I've really felt like at the end of the day, I've not earned the rest that I've, I've had, which has been a real, real issue for me. It does like there was always something else to do. And like, I, I knew that I wasn't working to a capacity that I was capable of. And, you know, this this might change over the next few weeks, but like at the minute, this formula is working really, really well for me. And over the last week, I've managed to hit twenty eight and a half thousand words. And I've still got like I'll probably do another two or three K today. So I'm going to hit 30K for this week. Um, Like and I've just I've just done a lot like I did. What else did I do? Oh, yes, yeah, so I've actually gone through. I've filmed a bunch of videos for some things that I'm working on. Um, I have like I say, just worked through an old list of things that have just been waiting for ages for me to get to. When winter comes, it's pretty much like all ready to go on the platforms. Like promotions are pretty much sorted with different companies and stuff. Um, the Omens Call Anthology, that's all sorted and ready for launch on the 1st of October. So yeah, it's been it's been a good week. What I will say is that one of the main downers I've had this week is, so I, I was on someone's... <laughs> the pre-conversation to this. Yes. <laughs> No. Way to bring the mood down, <laughs> Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I mean. So, like, one of the big things that, like, oh, this fucking beard. Like, and what I will mention as well, what I will mention as well is for people on YouTube, at some point I may put sunglasses on today because 
I came just before we were about to start recording, I came on with a migraine and like I wore sunglasses in the preamble with Sasha and took some paracetamol just to like hide it. And it's doing well at pushing back, but just in case that might come back. We, you know, we're troopers. Um, this fucking beard. So I was recording on someone's podcast today, uh, today, this week, and it was their first podcast and it's video. And I've got this fucking ginger PB beard that is growing into like a mop. I, it was a really hot day the day we recorded. So I'm like a sweaty fucking mess because normally I close the windows because, you know, professionalism, but you know, this is LLA. And, <laughs> and so I, I, as I was recording, I came off that and I was like, this is going to be, like, if this podcast kicks off and does what it's meant to, then this is going to be the episode people come back to, to rewatch where it all started. And it's just going to be this like, it's just going to be me sweating buckets and just looking awful with this beard. And that's how it's going to be immortalized. So yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it to come off. I've got another, uh, I think 10 days until I can properly measure myself. But like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a beard. It's gone probably better than I thought it would. Like it's not, I, I don't look like a Chernobyl victim. Like I look, uh, shut up, shut up. It looks okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And one other thing that uh, I will say this week is I rediscovered end dubs. <laughs> what now the the band is this a music band yeah yeah oh my god that is a throwback like a grime are you old enough to remember them how they came out like like, 12 they were big in what 2008 through 2010 11 i was 18 around the time that happened my god i had already finished university you're so young Sorry, Gran. Um, but I rediscovered Endubs. <laughs> and like they were never the best band in the world. Like they were decidedly I used average. To love it, them. I love them. There was something about them that was really enjoyable. But you go back to yeah. them, their music wasn't great. Their lyrics were really sort of like average. But there was just something about them that I enjoyed. And yeah, I've, I spent most of this morning listening to their greatest hits, and it was it was a throwback. I can't believe how different our experiences have been of mornings. Yeah, we were saying, yeah, we, we said this before we started recording because, well, so like I say, quick sum up of mine. I'm getting up earlier. The habit's better. I'm more productive and I've gotten time back. How's your experience been? <laughs> so I'm getting up earlier. Uh, I'm writing less words than normal. <laughs> I have lost my me time and relaxation. <laughs> and I'm really fucking grumpy. <laughs> so yeah the lesson to be learned there for people not everyone's lives are the same if people preach at you to get up earlier to do shit it might not work for you and that's okay Oh my god oh i'm very warm um <laughs> oh my god. Oh, 
I'm going to look oh, back on the episode stats and there's just going to be like a drop off now. Of the people <laughs> so they're just going to laugh for the whole fucking 40 minutes, whatever it is, however long these episodes <sighs> are now. Um, but yeah, the point being, everyone's different. It doesn't work for everyone. Please don't just like accept advice as gospel because for me, it's working radically well. For Sasha, it's causing like a nuclear explosion in her entire life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you've only got... 21 more days. <laughs> I can't wait to see the state I'm in at the end. Oh, nice okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. On to, like, that's just a check-in. I feel like this might be quite a long episode. Um, what's <laughs> what's something that you've enjoyed this week? Come on, Tasha. Nothing. Find something. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> do you know what? I, I was going to say nothing, and then I remembered something that, like, made me cry with joy. Um, <clears throat> a very lovely lady called Rona um, tagged me on Instagram in a photo. Mm. And she had walked into a bookstore in America and seen a copy of Eight Steps to Side Characters on their bookshelf. A real life. That's the dream. It is the fucking dream. And I honestly can't believe like and I I genuinely like burst into tears Mm -hmm. because it was just like the shock and the yeah. And I tell you that has kept me going all week. How did that happen? Well, I don't know. I assume it's through Ingram Spark. I was talking to the Alliance of Independent Authors about this because I had a feeling that this may have happened with the anatomy of prose as well. And the reason is because a lot of orders end up being fulfilled by Amazon, even when they're like pre-order because Amazon doesn't always send them the pre-orders on time like I don't know why this is there's like a whole hoo-ha between Amazon yeah, and England in the background there was a really post annoying. on Ally yeah not not too long ago and yet I still get hundreds and hundreds of orders through in Ingram Spark so <clears throat> they were saying that usually that is independent bookstores ordering mm. books but of course if you're not in America, like in the UK, we don't actually have that many independent bookstores here. It's dominant book, the book, physical books in the UK are dominated by Barnes and Noble, Barnes and Noble, Waterstones, um, Foils a little bit, Blackwells Mm. and uh, WH Smith. And and they're just like these big chains. Like there are, you know, like there's some forbidden planets and then there are like the odd you know, independent bookstore, like there's one that's like a fantasy store in Edinburgh that's wicked. And then, um, but like, unless you're in a big city, there aren't that many independent bookstores around here. There's one local bookshop here. But um, yeah, so I mean, there just are generally more local bookstores in America. So it's really hard for us to ever know whether or not our books go into bookstores. So yeah, like from me to anyone who goes into a bookstore and takes the time to take a photo when they see an indie author's book, like, thank you, because mm-hmm. it genuinely means the world to us to know these things, because there is no way for us to know. So, yeah, like, thank you to anybody, any reader, any writer who who does that mm. for another person. Like, it means the world. Yeah, so, I do think there's like a general public opinion of people who aren't writers, like just just readers who assume that basically if your book's in like a bookstore, that you're probably like huge and like everyone, 
you're used to this as a thing anyway um but yeah like it really it really does mean a lot just to see that kind of stuff out there in the wild because yeah we don't we don't really see that much actually like getting people to begin tagging you in photos just in general when a book comes out it's like difficult to start generating Huge. yeah 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 um my thing that i've enjoyed this week so i've been watching a tv show um and i finished it yesterday actually or season one of it and it's sweet tooth have you seen sweet tooth no so it's a show like i don't know how i stumbled across it but the picture like the cover picture on netflix doesn't really tell the story or do it justice because the picture is just like a doctor holding a baby that looks like it's got like a deer uh, kind of like an animal face um but the, the premise of it is it's a post-apocalyptic world in which a virus has basically like killed lots of humans. But at the same time, the virus launched any baby that was then born was a hybrid baby between like human and animal. And it kind of follows a story of a boy who's like half human, half deer. And he was basically raised in the woods with his dad. And it's kind of, it's weird because for me, I've read, I've read and watched a lot of post-apocalyptic stuff and I'm used to sort of like gritty and like gory and like really sort of miserable, dreary post-apocalyptic stuff. But because of the animal nature of it, it's like class as a fantasy. So it's an apocalyptic series that leans much more heavily on the spin of the fantasy side. So there's not like a whole lot of sort of like, there's a lot of violent stuff going on, but there's not a lot of uh, graphic violence that you see um like it's glorious countryside with sort of the sun rising and it's really pretty settings and things it just feels really fantasy but again it's like apocalyptic so it's 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 just really really interesting to watch and the the cast and how they sort of build them up and get them to come together is really really well done it's strong it's interesting and uh i've like i say i finished the last episode of the first season yesterday and there are a few things where it's been a while since I've watched a TV show. I've been like, no, I don't want that to happen. Like, and actually like really gotten into it. So yeah, I've really, I've really enjoyed Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Mm. I'd recommend it. Uh, weekly confessional. <clears throat> this was a big one. So Sasha is going to work on finishing the audiobook. Continue reading Rebel oh, Stories. Did. Oh, sorry. We'll do one at a time. Go on. Yeah, one at a time because there's a lot. Uh, yeah. So uh, what was the first one? Uh, work on finishing the audiobook. Yeah. So I re-recorded edits for uh i think one two three chap no four four chapters and i think three summaries and those all got sent off along with the ones that had already been done to the proofer so i'm not finished i'm still not finished but i am getting inching closer inching being operative uh continue reading rebel stories Yep, I only have three left, so I think I've read seven this week, seven or eight this week, uh, so I've got three left, and I'm going to try very fucking hard to get them finished today. Uh, Start planning October and 2022 content? Yep, so 2022 content is like on a big yellow post-it the size of my head, and I'm just at the moment putting ideas down, rather than like, so that means plan to me, but it's just, I just need uh, like a repository at the moment for it. October, I've planned all bar four days, and that's because I'm still hoping that the audiobook will go live in October, so I need a few days, like, um, yeah, I haven't finished prepping October content, but I did do the plan, so yeah. Yeah, record a presentation. 
which I managed to do yesterday, I literally oh. thought I was going to fail. Yeah, I really, that was That was one I was hoping on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have to say that was like, but the thing is, that's why I put it on there because I was putting it off because I'd done all the prep last week. Yeah. But my energy has been all over the place. And I was like, I just don't know if I can bring it. So in the end, I recorded it and I am a bit lackluster in it, I have to say. So sorry to those people who are going to get a lackluster presentation. Um, but it's done and I've sent it off, so... And continue silent September. Yeah. <laughs> I think that says it all. Yeah. Uh, Dan is going to write 20,000 words of ghostwriting. As of right now, I've done 28 and a half thousand, and I'll probably finish this week <laughs> on 30,000 at least. Um, final cover changes for when winter comes paperback, hardback, and uploading post proof. I don't know why I wrote it like that. Um, yeah, everything's everything's done for for when winter comes. All the files are up. It's all populating on the site. Um, the hardback looks gorgeous digitally, and I've ordered my sort of first copies to come. Hopefully, like I'm, I'm hoping they'll come before launch. But with Ingram being how it is, who fucking knows? Um, and the thing with the thing. So I've done a few things with the thing this week, including the thing with the thing that I said that I do in the thing. So we are we are there. We're good. Um, and since the thing is one of my challenges for quarter three, more news on that will be coming very, very soon. So I like the thing, the thing with it is I've, I've never even meant to start teasing it. It was just like with this show, I need to be accountable for the stuff that I'm doing. And so I just, I, I probably could have given it like a better project name or something. Project Whirlwind. <laughs> it's nearly done. We'll see. Uh, what's next? So Patreon. You made a breath. Were you about to do a thing or were you just sniffing again? Okay. <laughs> patrons. We have two new patrons this week, including the amazing Helen Scheurer and Miriam Giles. So thank you, both of you. Welcome to the backstage crew. Uh, our next live for patron stuff is September 22nd. And um, we'll be doing a live Q&A. Obviously, you always get the early access to the episodes. They come out two or three days before they go live on the podcast feeds. And also a little uh, extra cookie for people who are current patrons. Now you will be first to know what the thing is and that will be happening very, very soon. So watch out on the Patreon inbox for that. Uh, what's something you want to promote this week? Mm. Early mornings. Nothing. I don't have anything. We can skip this one for me this week. Wow, this is how shit we are at selling ourselves. <laughs> I don't I don't have a thing <laughs> something buy Sasha's books uh <laughs> if you are so I I've spent a lot this week doing a lot of stuff for the nano boot camp it's going to be bigger it's going to be better it's going to be just yeah I'm, I'm very excited for November coming up so if anyone is thinking of getting involved in uh, nano remo this year then head on over to danielwilcox.com forward slash nano and you can register your interest for okay yeah you good yeah <laughs> You can register your interest for the boot camp. Um, you don't have to commit if you're registering your interest. It just lets me know that like I can I can easily let, let you guys know what's going on. Um, and yes, more on that will be announced very, very soon as well. I do have a thing. Yay! Go on. <laughs> I remembered. So in the Rebel Authors Patreon, the Slack group are this wonderful, rowdy bunch of chaos. And... Um, sometimes these things just happen out of nowhere and um anyway so as it turns out i'm now running rebel readers and four times a year 
<clears throat> we are going to collectively read a book. Nice. And then I am going to. So, you know how when I read, I like deconstruct stuff down to a forensic level. Well, basically, um, <clears throat> one of my lovely patrons, Sassy, Cassie, uh, wants to know how I do it and wants to be wants to learn like the the art of the deconstruction and then how that gets translated into like a lessons learned. So I'm going to run like a mini masterclass for patrons at a certain level um four times a year so we're all going to read the same book there's like a private slack channel now dedicated to it and then we're gonna jump on a zoom and I am going to yeah like deconstruct it show them what I've done how I've done it how you you work out what literary tools they've used and then um how you can then apply that into your own work and it's going to be like informal so there won't necessarily be like slide decks or anything like that but I will have done the pre-work so I I read in exactly the same way anyway so this is like that bit's not like extra I will just go extra on the deconstruction Mm -hmm. and like really intentionally uh like do the reading and make a ton of notes and stuff so that I can share what it is that I do and hopefully everyone will go away with um like new tools or like a new understanding of how right how and why writers do the things that they do uh Mm -hmm. in really good book examples and we're going to read um under the whispering door by tj clune who is the author of the house in the cerulean sea mm. um, as our first book so we're reading that through october and we will meet in november exciting nice yeah. i also do want to mention as well that i'm very excited because tonight i'm well this month i'm the featured author of the scribbler box and mm. i've got like a q a tonight with the scribbler guys that i'm very that very excited cool. for yeah yeah that, yeah that came out of nowhere so um I've, I've had a few people sort of tag me just like, I'm looking forward to it and I'm like I'm nervous as hell because I have no yeah. idea what to expect there's like no <laughs> information no, on like Scribbler for like <clears throat> these interviews but it's fine yeah I'll I'll manage it I'm sure but yeah that's exciting um level ups so I I chose this level up from a mass of level ups we got sent last week when I posted asking for you know what people have been up to and this one caught my eye just purely for the GIF because the GIF was freaking phenomenal. Um, but this is from Andre, who says, a small one compared to other people's amazing ones. Let's not compare. Anything for you is huge. Uh, but this is humongous for me. I have to stay grounded, though. I'm still going for the end of September challenge. Are you ready? I have finished my first draft of my first book. It took me 16 months. Oh, my goodness me. That is amazing. That is what huge. A feeling. Yeah, what a feeling! Sixteen months isn't bad going either for a first book. No, like that's not. that's not half bad. And if you can like pick it up from then, then it's awesome. But like, yeah, that's congratulations. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the level up challenge, uh, just to remind you because this is rapidly coming to an end for for this quarter. Um, but you know, it's still not too late. If anyone wants to get involved, then head on over to our Facebook group, um, which is Next Level Authors. And you can enter into the challenge. If you complete the thing that you're going to do, that you said you're going to do by the end of September, you'll be entered in to win one of three prizes. The first one being a 30 minute call with myself and Sasha. Uh, one of being a hardback copy of my self-publishing blueprint and the other being a copy of Sasha Black's 10 Steps to Hero workbook. So if you're not involved, what are you waiting for? If you are involved and you've not yet done the thing, get your asses moving or don't because I want to see people juggle some eggs and fail. <laughs> I'm Yeah, I'm... I'm too excited for that stuff okay comments from last week's question which was how do you use social media in your business 
So we have <clears throat> a lot of comments and a lot of quite big comments. Mm. So I'm probably only going to pick two or three. Um, so Arabelle says, I recently started on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, sorry, I recently started an Instagram and Twitter account, which I'll use for my business. Not so much a fan of Twitter, though. At the moment, I'm just getting used to how to use them and building up some followers. I'll probably create a Facebook page when I'm ready and debating starting a YouTube channel but not sure if I'll use it for content or just comments. Um, I don't know much about TikTok and probably won't bother unless I'm really missing out on my target audience. I'm already a member of a few writing groups on Facebook and I'm working on getting noticed more with active participation, which will hopefully develop naturally and with, uh, with self-promo when allowed into a wider audience. Okay, so Michael Nasberg says, I also have barely used social media for my business, probably to my detriment. It's just discouraging when you hardly get any engagement on posts, even when I did post on a regular basis. I also don't take a lot of photos or share them. And social media engagement always does better, better with images. So there's not much I can do there. Um... Let's have a look. So we also, so Ida uses um, hashtags and she's got some like reader communities and writing communities. Um, it posts a lot of funny memes and jokes and that helps it to grow organically. Um, she doesn't see much interaction on Instagram, um, but she feels that uh, it might be saturated already. And then uh, John Cronshaw says, I very much uh, dialed back my social media in 2020. For me, advertising works, releasing the next book works and gathering mm -hmm. a mailing list works. That's about it for me. Mm -hmm. John is a fantastic model to you know look and see what he's doing because John does some fantastic stuff with his books. So check him out, John Cronshaw on Amazon. Plug. Now, this week's question. And so we've said this offline, but it gets progressively harder each week to try and think of a question that we've not in some way addressed. Um, and obviously we can like bring back certain questions because things, a lot changes in like a year. But I was really, really surprised that we've not actually directly asked this question um, out of, you know, 70, 75 episodes so far. So the question is nice and simple. Uh, I'll be interested to know the answer. Sasha Black, what is your why? But why do I write? Mm hmm why do I write? Uh... Well, it's not even just write, is it? It's create. It's, you know, you've built an entire business around creativity. Why? <laughs> wow. Um... Cool. Gut punch. <laughs> yeah fuck um god there are so many different ways I could answer this and some of them are wrapped up in my psyche <laughs> some of them are wrapped up in like just like a thirst for creativity I think oh, God. so okay this is really hard mm -hmm. wow 
Yeah. Wow. Wow. This is really hard. And it, and it's not because I don't know why. Maybe I know, I feel why, I feel why I do it. But um, articulating that is quite hard. I think I may have to address it in steps. Mm -hmm. So I, I write nonfiction. My why for nonfiction is that I am an eternal student. And I think good learners share what they learn. So I, my why is a desire to continue learning and hoping that that helps other people to learn. So that's my why for nonfiction. My why for fiction This is really hard to answer because I'm in a really bad place with story. So this is like, I'm trying not to uh, feel any emotions right now. Um, why do I write fiction? Because I have to. That is like my my gut reaction is because I have to. Um, I, I write it because it is oxygen. It is like the creation of magical fantastical worlds and characters who don't exist and just like it is life giving it is oxygen coursing through your veins and it is happiness and joy and like there it is it is the closest thing to real magic I think it is impossibility and I like to defy the odds. <laughs> so like, that is why I write. Like I write because if I don't, I will suffocate. I think is, is like my why. Mm. Now, the last why. So I think I have three whys, right? And this one is the one that everyone's gonna laugh at. <laughs> the other reason, the other why uh, the, the reason I do it this way as like an independent and as a business owner is because I have to defy the odds. I have to prove that I am better than, than what people thought I was. And so that is why I want to do it by myself, like as a as an independent author, like I have to prove to myself that I can make it alone and make it like make my business and make a really good salary because um, I have to beat myself. I have to I have to prove to myself that I can do it and that I am better than everybody who ever doubted me. Um, so yeah, like, and that is such a competition thing. And I knew that I did know that. And I did know that that's what I was doing. I probably haven't ever admitted that to anybody, mm. but yeah, like I, this is definitely, I, this is definitely about winning. This is about winning. I have to win. I have to beat everybody who ever fucking said I couldn't do 
the thing like the fucking French teacher who said I'd never act and then I went in and said the following school year you know I've been on a tv show it's the fucking it's the doubters and the haters it's the fucking people that want to squish you and push you down well fuck them I do this and I'm gonna win because I have to prove to all of them including my fucking pesky irritating imposter syndrome riddled bitchy little piss brain in there I have to prove to her as well that I will not be defeated and uh, that is why I do it this way in this yeah in this way I want to if I may push even even deeper (sighs) why do you have to So many people, so many people experience that kind of situation, which fucking sucks. And I agree with you. Like, it's like one of my biggest hates in life are teachers that don't understand the impact of their words and just how much that really like just saying stuff like that crushes a person at such a young age. Oh, it doesn't crush me. It makes me want to win. (laughs) Yeah. But like the amount of people that it does is just fucking soul destroying. But like you could have gone in either direction. Why, Why do you have to? defy all of those odds with all of these different things why do you have to come up the victor that 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 is like asking somebody why they are why they see the differences in other people it is just something I was (laughs) well no but it's true like it is so true like I was born this way like Mm. my dad is also number one competition it winning is quite literally in my blood. Mm. Like I come from like the firstborn of a firstborn of like a firstborn, all of whom are competitive. Like it is, it, it is like, I don't want to beat people I like. I think you need to reshift that sentence. I think you want to, you just don't like doing it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay uh no but like like why do I have to beat them I don't know it's so I don't know how to explain that like I think probably because people who are competitive like in terms of competition derive I don't know like okay so for example I was watching a Becca Syme thing and she was talking about people who have belief like my mum has belief okay and they can come across judgmental but the reason that they are judgmental is because that is how they understand the world they they understand who they are and what is right or wrong by making judgments against other people and weighing those against their values Mm -hmm. like and so the way I understand the world is by well what did I win like what like and it's not win as in this you know petty you know I'm four and I have to win this board game it's not win is you know you could replace that term with well what did I accomplish or what did I finish or what did I create it's just that is semantics the word win and competition is just semantics like I I have to do this because that is how I measure my life. You know, I measure, I measure success or what, what I have, I don't know, accomplished by, you know, what, 
for want of a better word, what I win. And but win it, to me, the win to me, the big win is: did I create a successful business? Did I? change people's lives with the words that I wrote? Did I help people with the words that I wrote? That is a win. That's what I want to win. I want to win helping people. I want to win making someone cry with my story. I want to win making someone laugh with my silly characters. Like I want to win. Yeah. Okay. I also want to win a very fucking financially successful business. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say no to that, you know? Um, But, but yeah, like this is my hesitance with, talking about competition because there are so many stigmas like attached to what being uh because competitive you can be competitive without having high competition Mm -hmm. like these strengths are just about psychology and like how you frame things in order to get the shit done that you want to want to do like because yeah like and and yeah I don't know like why do I have to why do I have to I I just because I have to, because there is a volcano inside me. There is a nuclear bomb inside me. Yeah, it's gone. And yeah, and it <laughs> burns at like 10 million degrees constantly. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, if I don't, like my Gaviscon is doing, and it's <laughs> like that is my Gaviscon. I'm not uh-huh. even joking. Yeah. So if I don't, if I don't do these things, I just blow, you know. Mm-hmm. And and um, <laughs> don't be disgusting. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Both right. I'm like... a lesbian. No, I'm not. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> oh, this episode is wild. Um, okay, like, so the reason that, like, obviously, I think what is your why is a fundamental question that any author should ask himself anyway. And I think, like, not even just author, but like whatever you're doing in life, have a reason. Like, try and work out what that is because that is sort of the direction that's the fuel that like gets you going um and the reason I pushed a bit deeper on that and I I don't want people to come away from this thinking that um so I'm I'm momentarily distracted because there's a gnat on the wall and I'm allergic as fuck to those so it's gone um (laughs) I'm very allergic uh so yeah I don't want people to come away from this episode thinking like that in any way that question is is judgmental for me it's kind of like I, I like understanding people. And the, the thing that I love about you and part of the reason that like I said yes to, you know, this podcast, I say yes, like I, you know, pr- propose a podcast. Um, but like the reason that, like this is really enjoyable for me is because I see how you work and I see you like your determination. I see your drive. I see that fight. It's unfucking-lenting. And like, what's really interesting is, especially those first few months of this podcast, and I think kind of we both do this to each other on certain things. It's like certain parts of us rub off on the other, like mm-hmm. like the good bits and then the bad bits. We, we kind of don't work, for example, early mornings, then just like shift away and just, you know, you bury them in the sand forever. Um, so like it's, it's just really, really interesting to kind of like hear that why, because mine has like I think the fundamentals of my why, because I have two really that I can think of, um, haven't really ever changed, but kind of like how I view them has. So the reason I started writing, the reason I started this author business um, 
I mean, it goes back fucking years. Like, I think I've never really been happy being employed. Yeah. Um, even like the the jobs that I enjoyed, quote, were always the ones that were menial and they took no brain power. And I would, uh, what's the word? I would determinedly avoid promotion because I didn't want to take on all that extra responsibility because it then took away from the things that I enjoyed doing. So when I did have a lot of sort of jobs, especially during college and university years, it was always, I asked for the most menial mind numbing jobs because that was my recovery. That was my chance to like think as I walked around and like collected glasses or white tables or whatever it was. Um, and then my son was born and the big why that was and is to this day for me is showing him that like there's more than one option. Like I don't, I don't want him to go through life thinking like you have to just be employed. Like that's the only way. Like I want him to understand that there are two, and I don't, I don't mind which way he goes as long as he's happy and knows that. Like whatever he does, he makes an informed decision. And just to, you know, it's like I, I feel like this sounds a bit pretentious, but I'll say it anyway. Like just to pave the way a bit for him, and again, like show that if you learn, if you commit, if you do the thing, if you stick with it, like good things can happen and uh, yeah so can I ask a question on that but sorry I know we yeah. shouldn't really interrupt um are your both your parents employed or is one of them self-employed um both of them well my dad is employed and my mum basically has been on and off employed in in jobs sort of most of her life yeah I um I I so just how you were saying like um I also don't mind which way Atlas goes but mm-hmm. I secretly hope that he goes self-employed and um, I'm on a fence. <laughs> are you? Well, I just, I was always, I was brought up being told that you should get a job and be employed. And I just think the potential you have, you have unlimited oh, yeah. potential. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, that's one of the beauties yeah. of this. Um, like, to be fair, both of my son's parents are self employed. Um, which is huge and I think a good role model um, for him but I do yeah there's definitely pros and cons of each mm. like I fully understand if he wanted to go down the route of nine to five earn the money but enjoy the thing that he does and then you know the rest of the time just carefree because you know we said it before this business can be all-consuming um, but yeah so oh yeah yeah no I definitely wouldn't like I've thought about it a few times over the last like year or two and I wouldn't I couldn't go back it's just, it's just not on the cards for me um because I'd always be hustling and doing something so it wouldn't be a rest uh but yeah so that's that's one reason and then the other reason is something that I've mentioned on this podcast before and it's something that just keeps seeding back to me and it's something that like again it's something I have you to thank for because it goes into the non-fiction and like the the stuff that's been coming out of that from me over the last year or so but I went back to my first editing website that I built I I used to run a company called Wilcox Editorial and you know I did editorial services because my name is Daniel Wilcox really creative um and for some reason I went back to the old website to take a look at it and do you know what the top line I had a page that was basically consultancy for people who wanted to self-publish because that was a a product I was like I, I could help people with this this was 2015 um do you know what the top line of that page was People say that writing can be lonely work, but does it really have to be? No. In 2016, in my first ever podcast interview, what were the words that came out of my mouth? Pretty much oh, a variation I'm... of the same. When I did Great Writer Share, the intro, like 
it, it's one of those threads that's been just, I guess, in in this career since I fucking started it. And it's really like I've gotten I've got, got chills when I read it and I'm getting chills now. Yeah, but like, yeah. I've got chills. But like pretty much an almost identical replica of that exact same sentence. And last November I ran. So I'll jump back a little bit because essentially me and my son's mum, and I'm not going to go massively into this because I do like to respect private personal details and stuff. But I will say um, that like we had a, f- a few really rough years a few years back. And obviously that ended up in us separating. And on top of that, there was a period in which I basically was, um, there's, there's when you come out of a relationship, it's kind of like a reclamation of who you are sometimes, depending on like which way the, the, the relationship is swayed. And I in no way speak ill about my son's mother. Like that's that's not in any way what um, I'm, I'm trying to put across here. But like I, I went through a period in my life where I, I needed to be alone and I needed to focus on me. And when I went full time in 2019, I was still in that period and I was writing fiction and it was fantastic because it was like, this is my job. This is my work. Like I can just do the thing. And that's fine. But then, you know, time goes by. I've collaborated with more people. We obviously started this podcast. Um, and when it came to looking at things like the boot camp, like I've run group projects before, like I enjoy being around people, like I work well as part of the team. I wrote a fucking book on collaboration. And the boot camp kind of re-unlocked that message for me because I I worked with a group of 17 writers like we came into the zooms every day like we, we chatted we had fun we completed nano together and then from that they basically about at least 50% of the group were like can you please keep this going and I was really on the fence as to whether or not to do it because I'd been so independent up until that point that the idea of committing to a thing each week and to like you know stand as that kind of like leader of that group was a really for me it was a really difficult um torch to, to carry and for, for people who may be new to the podcast like if you listen to quite a few conversations with me and Sasha on the app here around this time last year September October uh, especially November as well there's a lot of this like I, I remember those conversations very distinctly but like over time that group has evolved it's expanded like pretty much I don't know most of the people who are part of that group are still a part of that group and it's amazing because I'm seeing people come out of amazing things i'm seeing people benefit from the group i'm seeing like books published and now like on the shelf from things that we worked on from like months ago and all of this to say like i do think community is a big part of my why i think there's a real need for me to share and provide a safe space where people can be themselves and ask the questions they need to ask because (laughs) writing can be really lonely work and the the stereotype of what people think a writer is is so far removed from anyone I know these days who's fucking writing and actually like trying to make a go of it or like even just doing it creatively for for their own sort of enjoyment like when you actually get onto a flow and become a writer it's so so different to all of that and I do think that most of the stuff I've benefited from over the years has been working with other people and sort of collaborating and being in teams and things and so I'm now in a position in which I've got books coming out like I'm happy like my I'm sort of financially doing okay like growing things are getting better but I think my big why at the minute is like I just really want to help unlock writers and I really want to well not even just writers but like creatives like I I understand like the benefits of creativity and what that can bring to people and one of the things that brings me the most joy is seeing someone who has wanted to write for like 15 years and really struggled to create like a habit or a rhythm or even just to finish like a short story and for them to get it fucking done 
So like going back to Andrew's level up of, of the last few weeks of finishing that first draft, that's fucking huge. Like we say mm. it, like just finishing things is huge. And so my way now is just trying to reach people and help them understand that even if you don't want to make a career out of it, there's so much benefit and there's so much to just having something that is yours that you can own that is separate from like family and work and everything else that you can just kind of like fall into and, and love. So that's, that's my, my, my two ways, my son and unlocking people. That's such an individualization thing to say. I love it. Can I just point I out as well it. that you fucking suckered Joanna Penn into the strength stuff as well. And she had Becca Syme yes, on I her <laughs> podcast yes, this I week. Did. So. Oh, I literally, I, it was like my favorite episode she's ever done. I, do you know what? I even emailed this morning and was like, love the episode. Because <laughs> you got called out. I know. Like, no. Sasha, no, did do you know what? <laughs> I, I I am so filled with joy to share my love of strengths like I loved that she had Becca on there it's like my two favorite writing humans like it on a pod I mean you know aside from me and you and all my lovely patrons <laughs> and all our lovely patrons and oh my god just let me say the damn sentence uh, like two of my favorite humans uh, writing humans on a podcast together I literally was like listening to the whole episode and like my joy to share the things that i love if you've not checked it out we'll pop a link in the show notes check it out it is a good episode i did listen to it yesterday on my walk um but yeah. it just made me laugh it's just like sasha black and i was like of course it's Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> okay how are we leveling up our business this week oh shit i didn't okay. think about that I'll, uh you go first yeah so uh, i've got a book to finish for a client so that's going to happen um and i will have my nano pages ready for launch um that's not necessarily live but they'll be ready for official launch um and then i'm going to research a few places to potentially promote and hopefully go on and like guest blog and do some stuff to spread the wonderful word about bootcamp i am going to finish the first round of reading of the rebel anthology mm. stories nice I am going to work on finishing the audiobook. And I think that might be it this week, just because I'm not quite, my brain isn't in next week yet, so I don't know what else I need to do. Um, <clears throat> where I want to get to, um, where I want to get to is... Um, want to be spending more time writing and editing you should get up at five you do sir (laughs) can shove that suggestion where the sun don't shine honey man oh god i brought me too much joy awesome okay so question for the audience what is your why and we will see you next week Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next Level Authors. I'm starting my jazz band.
and I figured this would be an awesome look for a jazz band. Oh, yeah, no, put them back on. No, I just need a second to like adjust to the light. No, 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 put them back on. Why? Because it's you. better that way. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going to put these ones on. <laughs> no, I'm not. You, uh... you asshole. Okay, are we ready? Are we good to get into it? Are we pumped? Are we hyped? 